Hey guys, welcome to episode 90 of CMB Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Con number five, but my fellow hosts recently run away together with bubs to the East Coast, Big Tuck. Army matey, well hollowed, well met. It'd be I, Big Tuck, scourge of the Eastern Seaboard. I'd be coming back from a recent plunder of the Wicked Weed Groggery, very much enjoying this freak double India IPA that has Unusual, unaccepted natural phenomenon to be having. Uh, it's be. I mean, are, are you are you sure that's where you're from, or you're not from like I don't know a server job at Captain D's or something? I know they be <laughs> they be truest scalawags. I be I be a real man of the sea. Uh, oh, you'd be, you'd be a more red lobster guy. Indeed. Uh, and speaking of red, I'd be beset upon red women this week in the form of job interviews. They be nonstop and 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 completely oncoming from the crimson rise of the sun to the bluest dusk of the evenings. I be set here nothing but with me pet cats who be keeping me warm at night upon the tumultuous waves ah me salty dog mr combo it seems that you be unrested be ye portsmouth walking amongst the waves or the evenings uh, yes, I actually am extremely tired. Right. Um, I, I was exhausted yesterday, so as the collective knows, um, I did the Star Wars marathon. I did a live tweeting about it. Uh, I definitely stopped tweeting, I think, around Return of the Jedi. Uh, but the Goad, uh, friend of the cast, had this very cool idea in a different viewing order. I usually go chronological, so I was just gonna do one through nine. He had it to where do Rogue One, because that leads directly into the Death Star plans of the New Hope. Then you do episodes four and five, the whole Darth Vader revealed to be Anakin twist. Now you do flashbacks of one through three, and then you end with episodes going six through nine. Um, so made it through Rogue One, through Phantom Menace. I fell asleep halfway through episode two. Watched all of episode three, six, and half a seven. Fell asleep again. Said, screw it. I'm not watching episode eight. That dumpster fire. Just went ahead and did episode nine and finished the day. Uh, it started at midnight, and I officially got done watching stuff at 10.30 p.m. So I was quite <laughs> exhausted yesterday. I fell asleep at nine o'clock, but then for some reason I woke up at 11, and then I woke up again at 1.30. Couldn't go back to sleep, and I was up till six, and I've just been all topsy-turvy sleep-wise today. So yeah. You'd be, you'd I, be having... You'd be Really excited for the weekend. You be having the seasickness, or some be calling it the grog cheeks. I be understanding this thoroughly, and also I might be adding, I might be adding that some scurvy dogs and salty dogs of the sea wars that you be mentioning might be referring to that uh, succession of film as the blunderbuss methodology. Sure. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, thanks for tuning into this pirate takeover. And always with his Manolith commentary from the Rich Chaos Record Studio is Squee McGee. Well, he thought he would take the first part of the cast off and go out sailing, but he forgot it's pirate week. So he screwed. Aye, we be we be flying the Jolly Roger against all all armaments, whether they be scuttle boats or even up to the Man of Wars. 
Well, if you guys want to know more ways to support Squee McGee after he gets all of his plunder taken and all the content we put out, you should head over to level1gameshop.com. Uh, they sell everything you need from a gaming tabletop perspective. They sell some really cool ceramic dice. And of course, you know, they are your go-to spot for Magic the Gathering singles. Support them because they're the ones that do these monthly giveaways to give you guys some free swag. Uh, and of course, if you guys actually want to help us out financially, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have four different pledge levels and we're constantly adding stuff like the new one uh, that was just announced last week. And Unko AJ is actually going to be the one uh, debuting this for the first time because it was his idea. Uh, each week, we're going to pick a random patron to give me and Big Tuck the voices we have to do when reading our flavor art. So whenever there's a new voice, We'll reach out to that collective member and they will uh, go ahead and give us uh, who, who it's going to be and it'll be cemented into time. I and Uncle AJ truly be someone who be mad with Karametra's will or rather Thassa's, with Thassa's mind bending as his choices be, be truly the man who has had salt on his brain. Is, is this going to be the entire episode? I've got to be seeing how long I'd be testing yours and my patience. <laughs> so perhaps I'll be making it through the intro and then be returned back to my normal gravitas during the actual deck deck. <laughs> Well, oh my gosh. And of course, all the different pledge levels get you more and more entries into those monthly giveaways from level one um, and, you know, access into our discord and then our higher pledge levels. We actually give you CMD Tower branded swag. So for real, go sign up. Supporting us is a fantastic way to keep getting this content to grow and get better. Um, and once you're a patron, if you refer uh, a friend or local LGS uh, frenemy, they'll actually end up getting you free swag. So depending on what tier they sign up for, it'll be something as simple as we'll sign a card uh, as the group for you, uh, all the way to you know sending you some free sleeves and maybe a token. So definitely become a patron. Definitely go uh, recommend your friends to reward you further. But hey, if you guys can't do a monthly commitment, but you still want to get some of that swag, just head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell everything on there. Once again, the goal of it is get shit out of my basement. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, you wouldn't be minding a raiding party come to plunder your balloons, would you be now? Nope. Nope. Heck, if there's a fire, I might just start throwing sleeves on it. Watch that mother bird. <laughs> And of course, uh, the free way to just help out guys to share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, Pink Royal, thank you uh, for the music you guys provided at the beginning at the end. And T-Coats, at T-Coats on Twitter, is our amazing video editor. He's the one that puts together the YouTube stuff uh, from scratch. So if you guys have ideas of how that content can improve, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel. If you think the content is grade A kick-ass, then comment that and say it. Uh, you know, we love hearing that constructive feedback because it helps us improve for the future. Aye, and they both, they both truly be songmen of various sort of calibers. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path of 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us, and each month will be a new theme when we correlate how these decks are constructed, similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. That's grain. And grains be the foundation of any grog worth its weight. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a six-piece to a 40-piece ratio. This helps this be helping with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways need Decks always need needing ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your younger friends. And just like a grandpa file, they be usually a mix of both staples and specialty cards. 
I don't know. It sounds like the pirate's getting more and more drunk. <laughs> he's he's God. He's starting. My inner demons are beginning to battle me. <laughs> <laughs> the next is how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. I mean, the grog may usually be on the sweeter side, but every once in a while, a seaman may be wanting something that has more patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors that hops be grabbing you. They be growing in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IP grogs. Our grog choices help <laughs> interact with the board too. That can ultimate be doing what it wants uh how does the deck actually close out or win the game that's yeast i and any and any land lover worth the legs will be knowing that yeast be microorganisms eat the sugar from the grain and be pooping out alcohol and co2 it adds the alcohol content and the flatness of the grog to preserve it for later journeys without yeast you'd be drinking flat sugar water without yeast cards your deck wouldn't be meeting the goal of ultimately winning the game and then we have shenanigans these could be pet card synergies I don't even have a pirate pun that could be in the deck that are just kind of fun, so we call that spice. I am, but you you be fan of spice rum, be not correct. So this usually be one of your this usually be one of your favorite categories. Not every oh. not every drink be having them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal dungeon grog to one that be high gluten out to bottles made of glass. It could be the pepper that be turning the stout into jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that be turning a grog into something that's going to be destroyed at sea because it's not the way to transport oh vessels God. as a living organism. This is so much worse than the wizard, Harry. <laughs> not every deck be having something that makes it pop, but if it be do, this where we be talking about it. And then to cap it off, we have a bottle capping. And as guys, as a reminder, these are big tuxenized cuts and adds to the deck that will not be applicable this month because it's budget month, so everything's stupid cheap. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So we're continuing the budget thing. And the cool thing about this is I believe this was Big Tuck's Boxing League commander deck uh, that he's decided to keep around and, and kind of use it for his budget card. So as a reminder, this whole month is just about us getting these super extreme budget decks and trying to talk about, you know, the way that they work, the speed that they go, some of the compromises <clears throat> you make on the kinds of cards that you have to put in there. So without further ado, Big Tuck is presenting, uh, this is a stretch, Breaches and Malcolm, DFPC. <laughs> what being the city? Filthy Pirate Crew. Oh, I, I'd be liking it. Uh, and uh, I'd be reading through the commanders and reverting back to me in normal voice because I can already tell I'm getting to a wee bit hoarse. <laughs> Reaches Brazen Plunderer, be a 3-3 legendary creature goblin pirate. He's still doing it. I told you I'd be reading through the commanders and then be reverting back to my normal voice. Reaches mm. Brazen Plunderer, be a 3-red legendary creature goblin pirate. Uh, that be a 3-3 with menace. Whenever one or more pirates you be controlling deal damage to your opponents, exile the top card of each of these opponents' libraries. You may play those cards this turn, and you may spend mana or mana of any color to cast those spells. Coming in for a cool one pieces of ten and it also has partner matched with him be the navigator malcolm keen-eyed navigator he is a two two legendary creature siren pirate for two colors and a blue also an uncommon costing you one tenth of a doubloon he has flying and then reads whenever one or more pirates ye be controlling deal damage to your opponents ye be creating a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage <coughs> okay we're back <laughs> so uh this is a really really cool concept yes just because you know uh, 
the the Malcolm Breaches combo is very similar to like the Brutoclad, where it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum to what is it does. Right. You know, it's kind of like whenever you and I talk about how Ruokthar is one end of Gruul and um, War uh, War it would be on the yeah. other end, and they're just complete opposites. And that's kind of how I look at Malcolm and Breaches. They're on that end with Brutoclad, and on the other end would be like Zafi, mm -hmm. the, the new face commander. Right. Uh, so why did you decide to keep this as your budget deck and how do you like living in the red zone with is it you know um it's like you said this was my commander boxing league deck and honestly i had so much fun playing it that i just wanted to see what all i needed to add it add to it and honestly i think since then i've added maybe six cards um it, it, and actually i've played this recently and it does pretty well even in like non-budget tables and i think the reason why it's so interesting is like it's a most is it decks kind of just have like one narrow way to win right like usually like a big spell or something like that these give you a lot of different ways to go right they both have evasion um they both have really interesting abilities i think malcolm helps out a lot with like curving your mana out especially once you get like one two three pirates out um and then breaches kind of turns us into like one of those 75 percent decks um, the, the one thing, and we'll get more into this, uh, it is very creature heavy. And unfortunately pirates be one of those tribes that has like, <laughs> it's got like just the right amount to make it like good. But like, sure. I think there's a few pirates in black that really make it, that really make it sing. So you do kind of have to play it a little bit differently, which is why there's certain cards that I have in here that aren't pirates, um, that really be driving damage through and, and be helping out a lot. Yeah, I, I, I got to see this deck once during the Boxing League, mm -hmm. and it did seem like you were thoroughly enjoying it because I know for you, as much as you like to deny it, I think I think your favorite archetype secretly inside is dirtily decks, but to the public, you like to say that you like to live in the red zone, you like to push the envelope. I don't believe it. I think uh, that that is your Bruce Wayne and your oh, Batman, your true identity, is, is that you're the, the dirtily player. But um, it, it has been fun to see, and it was exciting in Commander Legends because Pirates has always been that tribe to where people wanted to build it, right. but you pretty much had Admiral Beckett Brass, Lannery Storm. And am I missing one? That were legendary? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think people probably tries to cheese it with like Morphon and that crap, right? Okay, sure. But I don't, but yeah, I think those were the only ones that I ever saw. And Beckett's. Yeah, you just didn't have a lot of options. And I think Beckett's fine. I think she's just way more narrow because she really, that deck really lives and dies in the red zone. And I think this one only has to live in the red zone as much as it needs to, right? To kind of find the rest oh, of the pieces. Okay. Um, so I think you're right. I think this does kind of do um, both sides of, of the coin for me. Um, also, you talked about like the disparity. So I think I got you beat here on a few things. Number one, eight rares, no mythics. <laughs> 27 commons and 36 uncommons. Uh, somehow the CMC turned out to be 2.69. Good God. Um, and again, somehow the color the color distribution was kind of on point as well. <laughs> and what, what's this coming in at like 20 to 36 bucks? Something like that. Yeah. So um, there's yeah. A, there is like four cards that are over a three or four dollars that really kind of push the price up. 
So um, I think this is a, I also would highly recommend if you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to kind of think about like budget builds and you're looking for something that's kind of fun and, and easier to pilot than some of these more complex ones, I think this is like a really good starting point. I think this would be like a really fun deck to like give to somebody because everyone likes pirates, like we said about, um, and, and it plays pretty straightforward. Awesome. Well, I think we should just go ahead and dive into yeah. this. And Big Tuck, why don't you kick off your own deck with your first grain card? So this be a pirate last that I'd be wanting to run in many decks, but unfortunately uh, she ain't that good, except if you're running a pirate deck. Uh, so I will be talking about a legendary card that's a pirate that also has haste and his name is Captain Lannery Store. <laughs> so uh, Captain Lannery Store is two colors and red for a 2-2 legendary creature, Human Pirate. Um, it's a rare that somehow, and I don't know why, is $2.76, which is baffling. Um, so she has haste, and then she has, whenever she attacks, create a colorless treasure token with tap, and you just, everyone knows what a treasure does, is tap sack, add one man of any color to your mana pool, and then whenever you sacrifice a treasure, she gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. So, I just like her because you kind of fall in this, like, weird, A, she's a pirate, so that's cool. Um, yep. And on her own, she kind of sucks. If you're running, like, a treasure deck, she kind of sucks. But she lets you do things where you can play her turn three, turn two, and then cast one of your commanders. Because for me, you yep. always want, if I'm casting my commander, I always want to do something that turn it comes out, right? Um, sure. And I think her having haste lets you get in for that thing, lets you create a treasure token, which might be able to accelerate, mm -hmm. accelerate you a little bit. I will say one con to this card is that as the game progresses, she significantly gets worse. <laughs> like <laughs> like several other cards we'll be talking about here. So she's kind of a dead drop later on. But again, when you're working with the pirate pool, the pool is shallow. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I like her just because she, for a and I hate saying budget because two dollars and seventy six cents is not. It's one of the most expensive cards in the deck. <laughs> but for um, you know, I look at this very much as like a draft fodder type card. Yes. Where essentially it really only costs a basically two colorless because you're going to gain one of your mana back. Right. So you basically have a three two haste for two, which that's a decent rate. It's, right. The reason I like it a little bit more, though, in your deck, you actually have a lot of treasure creation mm -hmm. throughout the deck. So I would say it's not unrealistic for her to possibly be swinging in for five or six. And yeah, she only has two toughness. <laughs> She'll probably just <laughs> die to a jump block. But maybe that frees up, you know, your commander being able to get through right. or something like that because they don't want to get bashed for five or six every turn. That's so I do think she has a little bit of value to the deck. But uh, would I say she's a card that's aged well? Uh, no, 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 no. She is not like a grog. All right. Well, my first one is a uh, very good sorcery in a deck where you're always living in the red zone. So we are to, to get from point A to point B. Sometimes you have to chart a course. Nice. <laughs> uh, so colorless blue. It's an uncommon uh, sorcery. Draw two, then discard a card unless you attacked with a creature this turn. Uh, it's 33 cents. And who am I take doing it to, Take sense? it to the wheel. Take it to the chorus. Uh, oh, your favorite. Uh, the two Kudros are going to be reading this one. The two Kudros. Well, because remember, there's the Commander Kudro and then the old Kudro. So together, oh. they both have the same voice. Oh. 
While other pirates prowl for treasure, Captain Parrish plunders since Smelly Cat. It's really, so, it's really good. That your your Lisa Kudrow is dead on. I know you watch a lot of Friends, so that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so th this is absolutely perfect. I mean, yeah. I'm sure at sorcery speed that kind of sucks. But will you ever have to discard a card? Absolutely no. not. And if you're at that point, you're probably in worse shape than just having to discard an extra card. Yeah, totally. And this is another card that I think is like I've always wanted to run, but it kind of like it just gets. It's a card that seems really cool, but like at the same point gets eaten up by like brainstorms, ponders of the world. Yeah. So the fact that you're in, in this, especially like when you're running an is it deck like we talked about. Um, so here, I like the fact that it's on theme, even though it's not a pirate. It would be cool if it was like a tribal sorcery pirate or something like that. <laughs> um, but then, you know, people would lose their minds. So yes, um, being able to pretty much consistently draw two is something that really helps, um, especially as you get relegated to just playing other people's cards from breaches when you run out of your own. All right, Tuck, what is your okay. Or uh, this pirate be giving me my favorite commit one of the pirates that be giving me my favorite uh, mechanic right at top of my head. Uh, he also be quite ugly for the bodies, but we are talking about me crewmates, Crimson Fleet Commodore. He's three colorless and red for a creature ogre pirate five two that has trample. Um, when Crimson Fleet Commodore enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Pretty self-explanatory as to why I put this in, but we have a new one hot off the presses that I need to pull up my voice list for, so hold please. This one's gonna be really hard, uh, cause Uncle AJ is some sort of madman. So, so, uh, I think I know what I'm trying to do here. He claims this to be, well, let me, let me, let me read it out. Um, this is from Commodore Azurix. Kindly steer your fleet clear of the waters west of Scrub Isle. It would be a shame to incinerate such exquisite maritime craftsmanship. <laughs> right? Is that, is that what he meant, do you think? I, I believe that's what he okay. was going for, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this card for me, it, like, for four mana, I think it actually gives you quite a bit. Um, first off, getting the Monarch, love that. Again, any card I could put in that's on theme that fits that mechanic, I'm going to put in. Um, but secondly, there's a lot of abilities that require damage coming through. So pirates yeah. that have some semblance of evasion, even if it is on, like, a 5-2, just getting that damage in is going to make people think about their blocks and think about what's most valuable to them and then triggering your two commanders because that's been the key um a lot of a lot of the pirates don't have any semblance of evasion so sometimes it's hard to get multiple triggers which is what you ultimately want to do um so for me again this is one i had and it'd be seven cents on the dollar or the doubloon if you will yeah i i'm gonna be honest i wasn't that hot on it being a two toughness yeah um that's fair but i i could i could see a little bit of what you're kind of saying because i almost look at this card now with your logic i'm paying four to get the monarch and get a couple commander triggers yep and this guy's gonna go to the graveyard yeah it, it's almost kind of like you're doing some sort of ritual sorcery type thing exactly yeah it draws you a card and then like maybe can do two points of damage somewhere <laughs> So my second card uh, is very apropos. He may no longer be on your crew this summer because he might be going to the Olympics. Hey Running the hundred meter sprint. Yes, sir. Three, two, one. Sorcery Splinter. Splinter. Colorless is it? Creature, human, pirate, uncommon two two. All right. Ha. Uh, he be having haste uh, and also not be able to be blocked. Uh, and we also have another one 
Oh. <laughs> so evidently, uh, Lannery Storm enjoys going up to um, Atlantic City and hanging out there for a while. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, darling. Sometimes when you go get me a rum and coke, you better charge like a red hot cannonball straight to your target. <laughs> Uh, me and the lady's been up here, and you, you're slowing down, and let me tell you, your tips are going to sink, sweetheart. <laughs> Jesus. My voice is so hoarse, so I might as well just enjoy this other carpet so, beverage. This card's coming in at 18 cents. Very, very affordable. And literally, this yes. is everything your deck wants. If you could honestly have your commanders and maybe a couple other good pirates and just a bunch of these Stormfleet sprinters, you would probably do that. 2-2 two, two for three, haste, can't be blocked. Like, I'm going to get triggers all day long. If, if I could put, yeah, of the creatures I have, I would probably willingly be cut. I would willingly cut maybe 10 of them, maybe more, just for copies of this card. Um, yep. It's on, and again, like the two damage doesn't matter, right? And I think a lot of people will look at these pirates and say well the damage doesn't really they're not like dealing tons of damage and it's like that's kind of the point like you can't play this deck if you don't have multiple opponents um uh -huh. and just just again getting those combat triggers making it come through playing this the turn after malcolm or the turn before breaches and getting in that damage and those triggers just incredible so this is one of the ones that i did pick up um and i think i might have ordered it in like another card and that was it <laughs> so yeah I'm Great, great ad. You know what? I almost kind of look at this deck, Tuck, is like your uh, ninjutsu deck. Yes. You ideally want tons of unblockable things or things with haste. So that way you can get as many of the triggers as you can. Exactly. Yes, that's that is 100% the case. So look, there's certain ones we'll talk about um, that are like low evasion, early cast and very similar in scope. Yeah, that's a great point. So the last one I'm going to end with I don't know if it's an amazing card for this deck in particular, but I do think it's an amazing budget card that people are sleeping on looking at the price. So my last card is going to be Flood of Recollection. Mm -hmm. I really, yeah. really like this card. Uh, blue, blue, sorcery. It's a common for three cents. Return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Exile, Flood of Recollection. And what voice am I doing? Spin in the wheel. <laughs> Uh, we have Dovin, who's the mumble coach from Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, hashtag Dovin sucks. Uh, as we all agree, uh, we do not like Dovin here on this year podcast. So I, I really, really like this card. You know, when I kind of look throughout your deck, Tuck, um, you know, you, you do have some decent sorceries and instance like you know it's not like you don't have any that are great but i just think that this card provides so much value because yeah. a lot of those return from the graveyard for any card because i know you kind of got on me uh with my karametra deck not doing that different green sorcery uh it's really kind of in green white does it more with the enchantments blue or red is more artifacts and so being able to do the incident sorcery it's very unique to blue mm. and you don't have access to the cards that green does where you can literally grab anything you want right. so this is the next best thing and for three pennies put it in the deck yeah you could use it to get a board wipe back that you you did later in the game i mean i'm even putting that in my zafi uh thunder conductor deck Ooh. because i just think it provides so much value yeah for two i, I agree like for two you're going to be able to do what you want and i think um, some people would argue that the sorcery speed is the reason why they wouldn't run this, right? But in my opinion, for such a low 
mana cost. If when you yeah. when you cast this, you're casting it knowing that you're getting back something else you can cast with the mana that you have, right? Um, and either holding it or doing it right then. So yeah, this is one. This is one that we got printed like crazy in Commander Legends. So I'm sure anyone that's cracked that has six copies of this lying around. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the rampant grain section. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I'll be starting this off. So. I know you were a real big fan of tribal to an extent, and it seems like in your tribal decks, you like to put tribal board wipes. <laughs> so this one, it's not going to get rid of everything, but it's going to get rid of all those baby tokens that would probably swarm you yes. into something you can't deal with. So fiery Cononade is a really good cheap 14 cent inclusion. So two colorless red instant common from Commander Legends. It deals two damage to each non-pirate creature, and there is a paragraph of flavor text. Okay, you got another easy one. This is Gideon, aka generic Captain Kill Guy. Generic Captain Kill Guy. Yeah, just like ah. Weary the ferocious <laughs> dinosaurs, the legend of dusk built up the walls of their fort. Just in time for the pirates to burn them down. There you go. Wow, that is a lot. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, how's, it, how's it feel? Not great, right? <laughs> Doesn't feel great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just really like this for instant speed. Yeah. It helps deal with those 1-1 one, one token decks, the 2-2 two, two token decks, and it's going to leave your entire board alone. I agree. Is, is it going to get rid of the big scary stuff, you know, your Atraxas and your dragons? No, no. Uh, it's not even going to get rid of your rhinos, but no. I think you could deal with that fluffy mid range and upper end. I think your bigger issue is that, hey, someone's coming at me with 25 one ones. I don't really have anything to do. Uh, you know, I could block five of them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that there's an argument to be made that like people would run. There's cards like Whip Flare and um, Pyroclasm that do very similar things, like the two damage across the board. Um, the, the problem being with that is most of my stuff has like two life. So I can't yeah. run, I have to be like really careful with the board wipes that I run. Um, and yeah, for the most part, this deck can deal well with like, like you said, like the mid range and up. But if someone gets off the, to the fast start, like uh, Redacted Squeeze favorite deck, then this can slow them down, even if you don't need to save yourself. So again, not a not a great card, but for for the theme and for the budget, can't beat it. Absolutely. All right, Tuck. What is your next one? So this is another your first one. This is another one that is stupid expensive that I'm not sure why. And when I cracked this out of my jumpstart pack, I was very upset. And lo and behold to me, it was very exciting when I actually had something to put it in. So we're talking about a specific captain of the Corsairs. He is mm. a he? Yeah, he is a two colorless uh, and a blue for a 2-2 creature human pirate. Uh, he's a rare from Jumpstart that's coming in at close to $3. Another real big swinger in price at the deck. Um, when he enters the battlefield, create a treasure token, uh, and then other pirates you control get plus one, plus one. So let's see what... Oh, here we are. Uh, Vildelka Wandering Sage, aka the red from Orange is the New Black says about this. Uh, okay, we're back. Get your Russian on. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I look, okay. No, I just like, I, like I immediately just went to French for some reason, and I can't get it out of my brain. Um, 
Mother Russia. Yeah, Mother Russia. Oh, I drink vodka. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Lungs full of sea air and a hole full of loot. Ah, oh, what a life. So, uh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, I'm really good at pirate. Uh, one of the My Dungeons and Dragons characters was a pirate who was a robot, so I practiced both, like, saying pirate things, like, in a normal tone of voice, and then transitioning to pirate voice. Lord. Yeah, so uh, I was ready for that. So, again, the treasure token here is great, so you're paying, you're paying effectively, like you said, two mana for a 2-2 that also buffs everything else. There isn't a ton of, like, you can run as many tribal buffs as you want and i have one or two in here but the fact that this is also a pirate that sort of replaces itself and has a sack ability and is something that you can swing in with a bunch of other ones that will probably die or maybe not um i think it does a lot for the deck for just three mana so just curious why so in this deck why do you look at the tribal buff effects um, as like a hop, something to like engage with your opponents. Is it because you're holding back and trying to keep some blockers? Uh, is is your way of kind of dealing with your opponents? Is it just like I got to constantly live in the red zone to pick off stuff? What? Why do you yeah. look at the plus one plus one buff effects as a opponent engagement? So for me, it's kind of like makes it makes things more threatening, um, and it helps get. Uh, it, so the the card that I play the most and the card that happens the most in this deck and the one that is pretty much what the deck's built around ends up being Malcolm, right? Um, and as a 2-2 flyer, he's the one that I pretty much need to get in to get the gas going, right? Like his ability matters, he's got evasion, um, and giving him that additional plus will really make opponents think about how to block. And that's how I view that more as like a hops than like a yeast because you're, the, the yeast in this deck isn't really just like slamming it with a bunch of creatures at once. It's a little more incidental. And when you have things that plus them up, like with a Crimson Fleet Commodore, a 6-3 is going to really, a 6-3 with Trample is really going to make you wonder how you're going to block, if at all, versus a 5-2. Same thing with like a lot of the pirates that are like 2-2s, 1-4s, whatever the case may be. So for me, I gotcha. think this makes it, this makes the opponents be more interactive in the way that they choose to block and deal with the creatures that I control. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. All right, so for my next one, this card honestly is a spice, except for the fact that it makes treasure tokens with the enchanted creature attacks, and you do have this treasure token theme throughout the deck. Yes, so you do! I'll let it slide. Three, two, one. Dynamitus! It is two colorless and a red for an enchant creature, enchantment aura. Enchant creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded, which means it attacks each combat fable and attacks a player other than you, fable. Whenever a credit enchanted creature attacks, you create a treasure token. Damn it. Wow, I, just, I know you just did all that for me. What, an, what an idiot. I was trying to rush through it so that you had to do the accent, and then I forgot there's no flavor text on this. Uh, and the card's coming out of cool 11 cents. Yes. So I see this being exactly what the pirate deck wants and exactly what Big Tuck wants. Big Tuck wants people forced to attack. It's my favorite with mechanic. mechanics like Goad or Monarch. Uh, and the pirate deck wants more treasure tokens. So you throw it on something and you're getting a treasure token every rotation because they have to attack. Right. So you just got to be smart not to put it on a creature that has a tap effect, you know, an activated mm -hmm. ability or some sort of bounce effect um, just because then you're kind of wasting your enchantment. But 
90% of the time, you're going to have a very good target to put it on, and it's going to force, once again, force Big Tuck's opponents to figure out how do they block and how do they do things. And it's got a little baby bubble cat on it, which you can't put a price on. So the reason why I put this one into hops is that because this is the way that I deal with, like, commanders, other bigger threats, as opposed to just, like, bouncing them back or trying to blow them up. Um, I'd rather keep them on the board, attacking somebody else until they draw an enchantment removal while I keep gaining stuff out of it. Um, this is kind of my answer to like the Voltrons of the world and whatnot. Uh, so yes, it, it is pretty spicy. I like this card a lot. And this is another card where I just didn't really have a home for it. And I was like, I feel like it's on theme here and it's got a big baby bubble cat <laughs> on it. So uh, nothing, nothing wrong here. And, and it is a fun card to talk about. There we go. All right, Tuck. Well, what is your last hop? So you kind of buried the lead on this one. Well, this has been a removal spell that was printed in the trash set. Uh, what was the trash set? Throne of Eldraine. Is that what it, yeah, I wanted, there's too many sets and then I, people are just posting spoilers already of like two more, it's a nightmare. Modern Horizons 2, baby. <sighs> yeah. So are you going to, okay, we'll, we'll get into that later. Actually, let's get into it now because we're flying through this episode right now. Are you going to, how are you going to resist buying a box or a collector booster's box? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to go get singles, wait a few months. Wow. Singles I or want. you could just have, like May mentioned, you could just have your fiance go pick up a box for you out of her money and claim it doesn't count. <laughs> It doesn't count. Okay. Anyways, uh, what card are you talking about? I'm talking about Runaway Together that you oh, talked about okay. in the front. Yeah, so uh, great. Card. Yeah, I think it's really good. Uh, so Runaway Together is a colorless blue instant um, that is two cents on the dollar. It's an uh, it's like I said, it's a common originally printed in Throne of Eldraine, and it reads: Choose two target creatures controlled by different players. Return those creatures to their owner's hand. And this is a brand new voice as well, which somehow I got stuck with all of. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you did. Wait a minute. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so this is from uh, this is from Malakan, who evidently is Will Ferrell from Zoolander. So I think it goes something like this, where it's like, virtue is virtue. Whatever the heart <laughs> that nurtures it, I, it's so hot right now, and I invented the piano key necktie. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I usually, I usually feel like I'm lacking, but I feel like I really, I've been watching a lot of real Will Ferrell clips on the YouTube, so maybe that's just the top of mind. But yes, I, so go. for me, I think we've like, it's gotten to the point where you can't just have a bounce creature spell, right? Like you can't yeah. just have an unsummon or whatever the original one was. You have to have something that does more. And the fact that you're getting two of any creatures with no restriction back to their owner's hand at instant speed for me is insane value. Um, well, the restriction does have to be different. That's players. true. Fair enough. But for the, I would agree. I, that's fair. I would say for the most times when I've cast this, it's usually like two. This card also you might as well read return two target commanders back to their owner's hand during combat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Which has been in my experience when I've used it. That's pretty much what it's done. Yeah, I think for two cents, it's a great budget card. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't put it in your budget deck because yeah. you can't afford a cyclonic rift. No. You know, it's just, it's way too expensive. And even stuff like rapid hybridization and pongify, I think are still a couple yeah, bucks, three bucks. For sure. 
And so, you know, for, for two cents, you're effectively getting, you know, kind of like a delay effect on Correct. that, on those creatures. And like you said, you could do it during combat, you know, just think Kalia swings, Kalia trigger mm -hmm. throws down a deal. I'll bounce the scary thing you try to do and, you know, kill your Kalia or however you need to do it. Um, you know, Bray is about to combo. Well, I'll bounce that and heck, I'll even bounce one of my own creatures. It has an ETB effect. It just, there's so yeah. many different scenarios that this actually is very, very good. Yeah, uh, agreed. Now, of course, in three years, we'll be talking about run far apart <laughs> and it'll be a colorless blue and it'll be choose two target permanents controlled by different players <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and the power creep will just continue. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, again, good budget card, good instance, um, just all around, just, just does what the deck needs to. Well, I'm gonna wrap up this hot profile with the last card, and I really actually like this a lot. Uh, Zara Renegade Recruiter. Oh yeah. Very yeah. cool card. Three colorless is it, blue, red, legendary creature, human pirate, rare from Commander Legends. It's a four three with flying, so it does have that evasion, and it has a paragraph of text. Whenever Zara Renegade Recruiter attacks, look at defending player's hand. You may put a creature card from it onto the battlefield under your control, tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Hell, I would put this in my Kyrgios and Tiro deck. Ooh, yeah. Like, th this seems like a cool, like, group huggy... Uh, I'm taking, you know, I'm borrowing your stuff, but I'm giving it back. Right. I don't know. It just has this interactive feeling for the table that I find very attractive. Yeah. Uh, I also find the dame on the picture, or I should I say the salt, the saucy wench on the picture to be very attractive as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so this one can kind of like this is another one that's kind of hard to classify because when I casted it, I pulled someone's like I bounced a giant creature to their hand and then attacked and then got that giant creature and killed them. Oh, so sweet. yeah, so I think that's kind of the reason. But the reason why I put in the hops is because this really kind of under lets you understand the and it's really hard to do over um, webcam, but like looking at another player's hand, yeah. knowing what they have, and then choosing their best creature that you hopefully might be able to run underfoot or something along those lines. Um, I could see this being like a bizarro pirate commander if you wanted to switch it up. Uh huh. But I think it's a little too, I think for as a commander, it's a little too top heavy. Um, five mana is a lot for this. Uh, but yes, very interesting card. I actually have gotten to cast it and it rules. Oh, and it comes in at 27 cents. I forgot to mention that. Uh, but uh, honestly, Tuck, you would even have to have this be a pirate commander because it doesn't trigger off pirates. Oh, true. It just triggers yeah. off her attacking. So you could almost do this weird, um, what's uh, like this weird Narset Voltron. Right, right, right. Like that would actually be kind of cool to where it's a lot of bounce control. You have one creature in the deck and that's Zara and you're just swinging in every turn, taking their creatures, buffing them and trying to kill them with their own stuff. Uh, it, it's almost kind of like uh, Sheldon Minery's deck that he did a year and a half ago with us where it's like the stop it, stop hurting yourself type deck yeah, yeah. with uh, the uh, Helm Smasher. So yeah, that would, that would be that's cool. that's actually kind of awesome that would be really cool like definitely on the wild end of the is it spectrum as well mm -hmm. all right well that's gonna wrap up hops now we're gonna head over to how the deck wins and yeast and big tuck it's your turn okay well um so there's kind of i kind of have three ways to win um in this deck and i've chosen three cards that kind of get me there 
So the first one is the most old-fashioned, and this one actually is a pirate, and could be another pirate commander if you're looking to do something a little different. Oh? And he might be full of wrath. Yep. And his name might be 321 Captain, Captain Vargas, Vargas Wrath. Uh, is, it, uh, is it a legendary creature or a pirate and it's 1-1? One, one? Uh, it's an uncommon from Commander Legends, and whenever the Captain of Wrath attacks, pirates you control get plus one, plus one till end of turn for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. And what is my RNG? Here comes the wheel. We have for you, sir, Gingy, Jessica, the gingerbread man. All right. To be successful, Cutthroat, you have to truly enjoy the work. Love that flavor text too, man. I think it's so pro so on point. So yeah, uh, yeah. So this card, super super cool. But I would disagree with you. I don't think you could build this as a commander. Yeah. I think whenever you have these, you get it for however many times you've cast your commander this game. You have to have partners because you need that extra, yeah. uh, you know, kind of storm count, quote unquote. I, you're right. And I like this happened when I played this. I always forget. I thought I always thought it was plus one plus one for each other pirate attacking or each pirate attacking. So again, yeah. that happened when I played this last time a week or so ago, and it happened right now. So yes, I agree. This is definitely a 99 card. Um, but again, you're I'm going to be casting both of my commanders at least once. Malcolm's gonna die yeah, sure. 100 times because no one cares about breaches because <laughs> it's too variable. <laughs> and it's been times where I've gotten up to three or four Malcolm casts, which is just gonna beat Jeez. face. Yeah, I know, right? So um, I the only thing that I wish exists that I don't think do, or they haven't printed yet, is like tutor your library for a pirate card, then put it to hand. That would be really cool, oh. and this would be a really good inclusion for that, but just being able to draw them off and hold them in your hand until you can put them down to strike, just a beating. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And, you know, that's the only reason I think it does belong in the yeast, because like you said, you're probably going to cast, let's just say, Malcolm three times in the game and breaches twice because maybe there was a board wipe. Well, that's plus five plus five. That's really, yeah. really powerful. Um, so, yeah, but I do think it's one of those rattlesnake not rattlesnake cards, it's not the right word, but basically when it hits the stack, everyone panics and they all say, okay, how many times does he cast his commanders? Okay, what could you do about it? What could you do about it? What can you do about it? So you better be ready to win the game when you cast him, because I think that has, it's like throwing down a doubling season in a planeswalker. Right. Deck. People are going to panic. Yes, completely agree. So um, I, he did do work when I had him out. All right. Well, my second card. Sometimes, you know, pirates, they just like to hang out on the coast. But they're still marauders at the end of the day. So these coastline marauders are some real <laughs> SOBs so part of your crew. So two colorless red. It's a human pirate. Uh, it's an uncommon zero three and it has trample. Anybody might say, hey, what's a zero three doing with trample? Well, I'll tell you what he's doing. <laughs> Whenever Coastline Marauders attacks, it gets plus one, plus zero to lead to turn for each land defending player controls. And then, of course, it does have Encore, so four, four, colorless, red, red. You can exile that card from your graveyard, and for each opponent, create a token copy of Coastline Marauders. So the yeah. fact that it just says each land, not each basic or each non-basic, means that most likely when you're trying to do this, 
it's probably what a six three. Oh yeah, five three at a minimum. At minimum. Um, I I think I played this in one of the leagues that I did, and it was like a nine three. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and block it. It's late enough in the game. I'm just gonna cast it again next turn and just win. So yeah. like, what are you gonna do, right? It's really strong. Um, and this is one of the few cards that uh, is a pirate, which is good, but also can is just a beater in a vacuum, if that makes sense, right? Like there's, mm -hmm. there's other decks that might actually run this that don't care about pirates if they're like giving your opponents land or some such insanity. Uh, but yes, this is insanely strong and a pirate and nine cents. <laughs> Yeah, and I just thought of this. This would be a absolute banger in Brutaclad. Oh. Could you imagine encoring this out and turning all of your tokens into these guys? I think you just went on the spot. Yeah, for sure. Are you putting... Uh, well, who, what makes a cut? Mm. What makes a cut, though? You just turn that into a sub-pirate theme and sub... It's Brutaclad, all permanents, all seven dwarves, also pirates. All pirates. <laughs> all pirates. Jesus. <laughs> All right, well, what is your second card? So uh, we talked last week that I was very, very impressed with Mr. Combo's restraint of not putting in infinite combos. Uh, I unfortunately do not have the same restraints because this deck <laughs> has some struggles winning. Um, so the easiest way to win in this deck is through one of my favorite cards. I run it in at least two other decks, including Angie. That's a Minotaur. And for some reason, they foolishly printed him as a pirate as well. So, Glenhorn Buccaneer is colorless in a red red for a 2-4 creature minotaur pirate that has haste. And it says whenever you discard a card, it deals one damage to each opponent. And then for a colorless in a red, you can discard a card and draw a card. Activate this ability only if Glenhorn Buccaneer is attacking. So, if you have Malcolm, Kenai Navigator, on the battlefield, and you play him and attack and no one does anything, you can effectively pay two, discard a card, draw a card, deal three damage, deal one damage to all your opponents, generate three treasures, pay two, discard a card, draw a card, deal three damage to your opponents, generate three more treasures, and so on and so forth until you either kill everybody oh or, you deck, or, or you deck yourself. You are a filthy son of a bitch. Yes, you're right. Um, uh, I will. But, uh, I will. That's really cool. I will say this: it is a two card combo, one of which that exists in the command zone. I have no way to tutor this out. You can see this coming from a mile away. Dirty scumbag. <laughs> and uh, people are going to kill my commander no matter. People are going to kill Malcolm over and over again. So by the time I actually draw this card, it will be way too wieldy to do this in one turn. You are a dirty, filthy pirate. BFPC. Uh, All right. Well, my last one is one that I, I knew you did a lot of attacking with your commanders. And so I thought having this as one of your few non-pirates in the deck that I, I do think makes a lot of sense. Um, so it likes to deal damage to your other opponents when one opponent gets hit with a commander. So Kedis so Emberclaw Familiar, I thought was a very, very cool card. So colorless red, legendary creature, elemental wizard. It's a one one for 25 cents. And it states whenever a commander you control deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. And for clarification, that does not do command damage to each other opponent because command damage can only be done through combat damage. Uh, it does have partner, which is irrelevant for this Correct. deck, but it does unfortunately have flavor text, which is relevant for the episode. But you got the one that you can do easier than me, so you lucked out on this one. It's Pikachu in Nachi, the young elephant from Jungle Book that I still don't know what it sounds oh. like. 
All right, gotta zoom in. <clears throat> oh man, that is love's molten metal. Searing flames and head scratches. I just need to, this is just not ringing a bell. Like I know that's a, I guarantee that's a great impression of this character. I just have no frame of reference mentally to what this would sound like in any form or shape. <laughs> so I think Kedis is a very interesting in 99 inclusion, primarily because you have talked about ad nauseum this episode about how people target your commanders, especially Malcolm. Yeah. When you land Kedis, it's like, what do people do? Is it, well, I'm still gonna yeah. keep trying to get rid of Malcolm and just leave Kedis out there? Or do I use a resource on Kedis and then use another resource on right. Malcolm? It, it puts them in this weird spot and then breaches even becomes a thing right? because it has menace. Uh, so I, I think it, I love it when we kind of put that modal choice in our opponents. And I think having this in the 99 and having two commanders that both want to attack and both have evasion it's going to make people really have to contemplate how they spend their uh, their resources. I agree, and I think a big thing that I like about Breaches and um, Malcolm is that it doesn't specify combat damage on their triggers. So being able yep. to get three treasures or three cards off the top of the library and then cast them with treasures is just bonkers. So I think I'm starting to wonder... So th this is going to sound crazy, okay? Is Kedis actually like one of the better cards that was printed in Commander Legends? Only if you're doing partners and mm. if your partners live in the red yeah, zone. Because there are a lot of partners, think about it. Um, I, can, I won't speak for Commander Legends, but think of the OG yeah. partners. There's only like one, like Bruce, that wants to be in the red zone. A lot of the other ones just have triggers. So that's true, yeah. And like, yeah, they don't. it doesn't matter because they're not going to be dealing a gazillion damage. Um, but yeah, so yeah. like on that on our Bruce episode, I've started to continue to think it's like, is it better with Ishai, the dragon guy with the gazillion counters? Is it better to cut Bruce and put him in the ninety nine and then put in Kedis or Jessica to like because Brutus doesn't do anything. He's just like a, it's it yeah. might as well just be like an, a sorcery that says double strike and lifelink. So anyways, mm -hmm. I I really like Kedis um, and it, he has done work in every deck that I put him in. All right, well, how about you round out this yeast section okay. and give us our last card? So another human, this is the other cheese win con, which is very difficult to do. And I have literally two cards, three cards in the deck that can do it. So Reckless Fireweaver is a weird inclusion, but does a lot of work. So colorless and red for a mm -hmm. creature human artificer. Uh, it's an uncommon for 34 cents. That's a one three. Whenever an artifact enters a battlefield under your control, Reckless Fireweaver deals one damage to each opponent. Please be something good. Please be something good. Please be Samuel Jackson. Please be Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, Tommy O, the Sorcerer Supreme. <clears throat> Man, you just always I get did every time. Every time. Architects find inspiration in the dragon's beauty of form. What? While artificers are influenced <laughs> by the function of its fire. Are there dragons on Kaladesh? Like, that doesn't make any sense. If this was from, like, I don't even know what. Like, if this was from, like, the Tarkir, that'd make more sense. So, anyways, okay. The gimmick here is that it's on its face is good because, as we may mention, this might as well be like a pirate and treasure deck, right? A lot of things generate treasure, you're going to yep. sack and rough and force. However, if you use one of the other cards in the deck that turn this into a pirate, 
and I have only three of them, none of which I can tutor, then you also turn this into an infinite loop because it'll deal damage, you create the treasure, you sacrifice the treasure, and so on and so forth. So it is like a three card combo that I have no way to tutor for and is entirely dependent on three other cards in the deck to actually work. Uh, so I didn't realize that this wasn't a uh, pirate when I first went through because I saw it and I was like, oh, well, that's an uh, infinite combo. Yes. Uh, I will tell you that I am cutting some of your changeling stuff because I think it's just so fringe for what you're trying to do in this deck. I think there's other it things to make it, 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 liter it literally deals. So this was from future guest Tomer's cheap pirate build, but he built it to be like 18 creatures, no pirates and a bunch of changeling effects. So I was oh, like, gotcha. I don't want to build it that way, but I do like this sort of interaction. So yeah. I've never been able to pull it off. I have no way to tutor it up and it's extraordinarily fragile. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to cycle that stuff out and try in something new. Cause the problem with that is like all those other cards to your point are just dead drops, right? Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up yeast. Now we're gonna head over to the spice and I will do this one with one of my favorite mechanics that has will of the council. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so we're over here talking about split decision. <clears throat> really like this card. Colorless blue instant uncommon dollar 50. Oh my God, what? <laughs> and it has will of the council. Choose target instant or sorcery spell. Starting with you, each player votes for denial or duplication. <laughs> If denial gets more votes, counter the spell. If duplication gets more votes or the vote is tied, copy the spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. I like this card and it is the perfect spice card because it could be a counter spell for right. something that needs to be countered. But it could also then turn into this like super funny value spell. Like, uh, I'm gonna do that to Kadama's Reach because I, I just need some lands. Like, I think yeah. I did that oh, two yeah. weeks ago. I did Narset's reversal on a Kadama's Reach. Uh, and and I think the goat just immediately casted Kadama's Reach again. Yeah. So, you know, you, you could do kind of funny stuff like that, but most of the time it's a two mana counter spell right. unless people are just being real evil at the table. I completely agree. And and I just put this in here because I was like, again, budget deck, counterspell is kind of expensive. I did not know that it was almost expensive, almost as expensive as counterspell is. But I'd, much, I'd just rather run something like this for what you said, right? Like you could get, you could put people into a pickle if it's like an expropriate, right? And they're like, okay, yep. is he really gonna be able to win with whatever he's gonna do? Or is it better just to let this die? Yeah. And we all love player modal cards. That we do, that we do. All right, well, you only got three other options. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, so I think the accent on this one is, one red. Kari Zen, Slyship Raider. Again, oddly a pirate for no real reason. Uh, Colos and Red for legendary creature, human pirate. That's a 1-3 with first strike and menace. Whenever Kari attacks, create a 2-1 legendary red monkey creature token named Ragavan that's tapped and attacking. Exile that token at the end of uh, combat. So, uh, oh yeah, and I also have to spin the wheel. Here we go. Oh, yes. Yes, thank God, my voice. You get Samuel Jackson. No, no. Ah, uh, pika pika, pika, pika pika, pika pika, pika pika, pika pika. Uh, we are also for those in the collective. We're also open to more to more uh, Pokemon. Uh, no, no, only if, no. only if they're out, only if they're out of the original 151. Um, so 
the token on the the ragavan token in this one doesn't really matter it's incidental it's quote unquote incidental damage the only reason that yes. this card is good is because it's a it's a two drop pirate that has evasion yep and you just secret yeah i mean you, you said everything on there uh the monkey is literally irrelevant <laughs> it does not matter um yeah, I mean, I guess you could run that enchantment that makes all your stuff pirates, the blue one. I th Yeah, I, I'm but kind of... I, I don't know how many non-pirates you have in here that would make it work. And that's it. like, and that's, we'll talk about that in just a second, but like, that's a, that's something where it's like, there's enough in a... If I was going to build this in like a real deck, that this would be a card I would cut and almost immediately because I could find something better. But for the budget, for having mm -hmm. something lying around, it's two, 24 cents, by the way. Um, it's it's good enough for this sort of deck. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up the spice section. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And uh, Big Tuck, why don't you go ahead and give your criteria for how you're keeping this budget? Uh, because obviously I did mine where I did like the whole average of 78 cents for the non-basic land cards. How did how are you looking at your deck with budget and how are you keeping it quote unquote in budget? For me, because I don't I think if I actually went through and calculated it, the 78 cents one doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, so pretty much what I'm trying to do is keep most cards and I think almost all of them under five dollars. But the goal is to keep this deck under 50. Oh, okay. So you can go to five, but then that takes away 10% of your budget. Yes, exactly. So I think, so my goal is to keep this deck under $50. I, it's less about the uh, the drips and drabs, or if I may, the um, dink and dunks, if you will. Uh, so yeah, so that's, so that's where I'm kind of going. Um, and while we go into that, so in reality, what this deck really needs after playing it is just more interaction that aren't pirate based, right? Like more bounce spells, more evacuations and whatnot. The problem is, is that those are very pricey and boring to talk yep. about. So I kind of shell those into like there's there's like a bucket there that I can work with. So instead I just try to focus on how to make the deck better as it's kind of is on the page. If that makes sense. Sure. All right. Well, why don't you start off with our first cut and add for the deck? So I'm glad Squeeze not on here, um, and he might be dead. But uh, Ghost of Ramirez de Petro, trash. Uh, this card sucks. It's not good. Uh, it's not a good pirate card. It's not a good partner card. And effectively, you have to do so much effort just to build around it. It's not even worth having it in the deck. So two colors and a blue. Ghost of Ramirez can't be blocked by creatures with toughness three or greater. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose up to one target card in a graveyard that was discarded or put there from the library this turn. Put that card into its owner's hand. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I it's just, It's just trash. Like... I have I've had this in my hand and intentionally didn't cast it because I was like, this does nothing. I'd rather have this, I'd rather have this be a wind drake that's a two, three flyer than this card at all. So um well, what are you gonna add? So I am gonna add a card that I am very keen on. Um a lot of the cards that deal with um tribals, generation, that sort of things are pretty expensive. And I think that there's a lot of the cards are, a lot of the pirates are just very meat and potatoes, right? Like they come in and do something or they can't be blocked. So for me, I think this card that's off of Strixhaven called, or sorry, Caldhelm rather, called Reflections of Lajara is very interesting. So four colorless and a blue, as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever you cast a spell of the chosen type, copy that spell. 
Um, and we do have ourselves another thing to read off here. So let's see what Slenia, the Scottish woman, says about this. Boy, the mask. Oh, damn it, that's gonna sound like a pirate. Hold on. <laughs> Scots are like, oh yeah, me. <laughs> Sounds like a pirate. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, I be living in. I am living in the peatlands. I tr I I am drinking scotch. You wanker. And no, no, you you, you got to think Mel Gibson, Braveheart. Freedom! They, they may take our land. Oh, okay. Oh, but they'll never take our freedom! Nice. Okay, that's exactly what I needed. Thank you so much. The masks float downstream towards the Mirror Lake, where faces arise to be wearing them. It's, still, hey, it's not bad. I still threw in too many Bs. But, anyways, so for me, <laughs> this is a card that you can, like, the CMC is so low, and you you the problem is like late game when you drop a pirate that's a one four and creates a treasure, you're like awesome, like that kind of sucks, yeah. right? But if you can create two of them, generate the value sure. off of there and and run off, that's where I think this card would be pretty solid. Is just to get more of those pirates, more of the ETB fig triggers, and then have more things that can trigger your commander. So, you know, I saw this one as well on EDH rec and I actually didn't pick it purely because I figured you wouldn't be on board with it just because it is kind of like a cheap card, you know, like, ah, you're getting it off cast. This spell doesn't even need to resolve. You could kind of get like gross multiple combos. <laughs> like who knows what that opens up. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but I will say overall, this is an amazing card. I mean, I put this in my sliver deck because that just seems bananas. Yes, right. Uh, so I do think any tribal deck that runs blue, you have to put reflections of Lit You got it there. there. Um, so yeah, so again, like this one is just gonna be more of cutting out a card that's a dead card for something that's gonna turn half the deck into something actually playable. Sure. All right. Mine, I'm actually going to cut Amorphous Axe. I talk, kind of talked about it, alluded to it. Uh, two colorless artifact equipment, common for two pennies. Uh, equipped creature gets plus three, plus zero, oh, and is every creature type, and it's equipped three, and it does have one line of flavor text. Uh, spinning right now. <laughs> Your favorite, Liliana Angelini the Snake, Angelina Jolie the Snake Woman from I Bale don't Bale. know this. Just remember, like, like sexy, like a sexy snake. A weapon forged for every hand. Sorry, guys, that's my sexy voice. <laughs> so, anyways, this thing is just too fringe. Just it, it needs. To I go. don't disagree with um, you. It's a waste of a spot. The only anecdote I have is that I got to cast this on. Um, the one of the times I played this, I cast it on ECR Wardwing Familiar that gives all of your uh, creatures effectively Ward Three, and turned into a pirate, and that became the best card in the deck because it was a three, th it was a four three flyer that was a pirate. So, but yes, way yeah. too fringe for this deck. So I actually think this card would be way better because. I do agree. You want to try to get to the point where you can get like multiple pirates out and hopefully be able to swing it and do stuff. But sometimes you have to be a little coercive with your opponent's items. So coercive recruiter for four colorless red is an orc pirate rare from Commander oh, Legends. Yeah. Four three. 
uh, whenever the course of recruiter or another pirate ETBs under your control, gain control of target creature until end of turn, untap that creature, and until end of turn it has haste and becomes a pirate in addition to its other types. So now you're getting more triggers, and unfortunately there is flavor text. <laughs> so while that is spinning, uh, the card is 30 cents. Oh, it's so cheap. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pickup. Um this is Hannah the Mad Hatter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alice, choose vampire, our hat on your head, or no hat, no head. <laughs> yeah, it's good. T. Yeah. Ah, I'm Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I do think if you could ideally get two to three pirates ET being a turn, this card would be a massive yeast yep. card because now you're stealing two to three things at a time and they're pirates so you're getting all your pirate triggers really and i good. think this works really well in conjunction with mine with the reflections because now you're getting double triggers every time too that you cast a pirate oh, right yeah. so like i think to your point i agree with, and i'm sure you're gonna cut more of them well you don't get double triggers because it doesn't re-enter the battlefield this works on but, cast oh it's cast damn it i thought it was ETB. Yeah. Well, no, no, it, it, it is ETB, but the the Litterjara is off cast. Right, so you cast one, it enters the battlefield, you gain control of something else, it copies that spell, that enters the battlefield, you gain another one. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that, uh, this was on the list, That's this gross. was on the list too. Um, I think I think you're right in, I, you are correct in the sense, there's no thinking about it, you're correct in cutting all of the stuff to make Reckless Fire Weaver work is probably <laughs> the right thing to do. Um, and I think it'll make it smooth out a little bit more. Well, uh, Tuck, for our next cut and add, what are you gonna do? So, um, this is a card that was like really pushed by Wizards, and I don't know why, because I don't think it's very good. I wanted to run it in the deck, and I have, and it just doesn't, it did nothing. So Mirror of the Forebearers, for me, is kind of a trash card, and it's shocking that it's $1.56, personally. So as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. One, until in a turn, Mirror of the Forebearers comes a copy of target creature control of the chosen type, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. I think if this card red, it loses legendary or can be non-legendary or something along those lines. I think it'd be way more interesting. But for the most part, yeah. there's a lot of cards. There's a lot of pirates that are just like three mana for one three and a treasure token. It's like, why do I want yeah. to pay three mana to copy that and not get the treasure token? Um, oh. I just, I don't know. I think this card kind of sucks. And to be honest with you, it was funny that they printed this in the commander set that came after Mirage Mirror. <laughs> They're like, hey, we are, we heard everyone out on the street really likes Mirage Mirror. Here's just a worse copy of it that nobody wants. <laughs> so, um, I mean, look, I, I do think it's, it's good if you have like, you know, we talked about the Coastline Marauders. I mean, paying a mana to make a second Coastline Marauder. That seems really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do think, I do think there are, situations um you know heck we could even talk about making another copy of fathom fleet sword jack i mean you have a <laughs> well, lot of well, stuff well, that well, well, does well, gross well, things. well known from the commander things i so i hear i hear you and i'm in I, and i'm ingesting what you're discussing but I just, I just, I hate this card. There it is. I said it. Sure. I threw it in here because I thought it was budget. <laughs> I thought it was twenty cents, and it's not. So um, there's another pirate that, in my opinion, is infinitely better, and would break the mythic rare parody that I built for myself. <gasps> 
Does it deal with your favorite mechanic? Not really. Oh. I don't think so. All right. Well, anyways, it's Port Razor. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no. Three colorless and red red for a creature or pirate. When it deals combat damage to a player, untap each creature you control. After this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. Mm. Port Razor can't attack a player. It's already attacked this turn. Uh, and let's see what the wheel has to say about that. It has to say... Chicka, 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 Yes. Oh, yes, another layup. Ah. Ah. Hodor, Hodor. Hodor, Hodor. Hodor, 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 Hodor. Two in a row. Thank you, sir. So, for me, um, it's a pirate. It also can win the game on its own. You, I have ways to give evasion to certain things in this deck. If you get it on this, then it's going to be Damn, what is it bad cost? news. So this one is a little bit more pricey. The cheaper version is right around $2.90. It's, it's, it's getting, it's up getting there, me up there. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your deck over here. Average cost, $38.39 to $43.56. It's, 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 getting, it's getting up there, um, but it's a dollar and 60 cents more than mirror the forebears and i think this card can actually win the game which mirror the forebears decidedly cannot in my in my in my opinion yeah it, it's a great card it just might be one of those things if you are going to hold yourself to like that 50 dollars limit it's kind of like our great friend ultra budget Bruce right. from edh rec talks about how he tries to do these hundred dollars or less decks but then stuff like traveler's amulet or you know like a i doubt this is a good example but like a myriad landscape there'll be these basic things that back in the day that were 10 20 cents that are now a dollar dollar 52 dollars and it starts like gosh yeah. i can only have so many of these in here so putting that in i do agree is way better than mirror of the forebears but it could be something to where it's like gosh now i'm gonna have to downgrade you know, I don't know. Spell Pierce. That's like a $4 card. Almost. Wait, what? Take oh my God. Yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> I just yeah. had one of those lying around. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, Tuck, is that you don't ever put in your actual additions of the cards. Oh, gotcha. So the way TCG player works now is when you type in a card, it immediately just slots it as the most recent printing. I see. So yours is showing for secret layers, which I'm sure an original spell Pierce might be nine cents. Yeah, it's 28 cents. So. <laughs> Yeah, so it might be something to where, you know, your numbers are actually lower or higher depending on the additions of cards because it is just showing. Right, right, right. For sure. All right. Well, uh, going to mine, uh, once again, I said I'm going to do it. Blades of Velus Vel, you're gone. Yeah, fine. Out of here. I'm here, I'm uh, here for it. Red <laughs> Tribal Instant Shapeshifter. It's a 16 cent card. It's a changeling, so it is every creature type. And it says up to two target creatures. Uh, get plus two plus so and gain all creature types until end of turn and this does have flavor text uh what do we got here we got oh tefiri is that Samuel? oh yeah our boy let her rip baby the change of con suffers as we do you must join as one of the to quench our tyrants <laughs> I think it sounded like more like Mr. T. It was like, yeah, it was the wrong thing, but I think your 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 place of uh, was very well was very well placed. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about it. Giving the non pirates pirate, I don't think. No, matters. it doesn't. Like, so. I, 
Again, if I built, if I had 20 ways to do it, fine. I have three, so sure. let's go. <laughs> so this is the card I initially thought you were talking about, uh, and Duff actually played this in his pirate deck, and this card, it wrecks for 41 cents. Ember Wild Captain. Gotta put oh, it in here. Oh, yeah, the gin, yeah. Red. The Jin Pirate, it's a rare. Uh, when it ETBs, you become the Monarch. And whenever an opponent attacks you while you're yeah. the Monarch, it deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand. And it has flavor. Uh, okay. And we have... Uh, oh, very fitting. We have uh, Freylees, who is Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. You are bold, challenger, but flammable. You got a little southern twang on there. Johnny yeah. Depp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Karen Knightley. <laughs> so, okay, quick, quick story so, uh, on this. I opened one okay. and had it in the deck. Then I panicked because I thought it was going to be expensive and cut it to put it into my Marquesi deck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nope, 40 cents. Because uh, I think, you know, you always attacking, most of your guys don't have vigilance, if any of them have vigilance. <laughs> yes. So you need to have something there to punish your opponents for attacking you and trying to get that monarch. Right. But then once they get the monarch, it employs the game that you loved, where now the monarch is just getting smacked oh, around so everyone. Good. I want the hat. Duff, Duff likes the hat. Duff taught me the hat. And Duff's a hat man, so if I, if I am anything, I am in fact a hat man. A hat man. All right, well, we're on to the last cut and add. What are you doing? So as I talked about, there's a fair amount of pirates that kind of don't do much. And one thing I was looking at was, what's the top end of the curve of pirates that don't do much? And how can I get them out and get something in that can win the game? So for me, yep. that was a pretty easy pick in uh, Prosperous Pirates. So four colorless oh. and a blue for three, four human creature pirate that when it enters the battlefield, you create two treasure tokens and it they sound a little something like <laughs> another one that always comes back to me. Um, this is the commander from last week who is Nemizit. The floating solidity of high and dry <laughs> hasn't really sunk under the weight of gold, but it's not on to trying. So here's the thing. Um, at the uh, at that top end of five mana, I want the card to do something. I don't want it just to sort sure. of replace itself. So as we talked about here, as I've kind of looked through this, it seems that there's like a fair amount of pirate interactions and that sort of thing, right? And I don't have too, I have enough to get the ball rolling, but I feel like I don't have a lot of ways to make my pirates that are just like your Johnny come lately pirates, um, unblock Johnny Depp on lately come pirates come unblockable. So for me, a card like archetype of imagination is really gonna fit the bill on that. So Archetype of Imagination is an enchantment creature, human wizards, wizard, Harry, Harry thank you. Uh, creatures you control have flying, creatures your opponent control lose flying and can't have or gain flying. We also have a brand new voice off of here. No, I don't because I didn't realize that this wasn't flavor text. So we're going back to, <laughs> we're going, we're going, we're going, we're, it's a beta, it's a beta system. So we're going back to the wheel. Um, oh, here we go. Hey, look at me. Listen. Hey, watch out. Are you trying to do Harry Carey? No, I'm doing no, uh, Navi. sounded a lot like Harry Carey. I agree. It's a, it's a hay fairy. Navi the hay oh, fairy so from Ocarina of the correct. Time. That is correct. So from the last episode that just came out, there was Navi from... 
The Legend of Zelda as oh I know oh, potentially yes I, yeah I thought and I even quoted at the time potentially Harry Carey but pretty close. So this card for me is way is like my sort of one of my win cons in the same sense that like Captain Vargas Wrath is as well, where I have all these pirates yeah. that don't really do much. This just gives them immediate evasion and I get buku triggers from all of my other stuff that I've going on and you can get it for like a dollar nine cents. So not breaking the bank, can win the game, fires up everything that I'm looking to do. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's not a pirate, which kind of yeah. sucks, but um you know, it's whatever. But yeah, I mean, I've never seen this card resolve and the game not dramatically just right. change. Every single time. Every single time. Okay, well, I'm the last one to go. You could say you're the last pirate. And I'm going pirate. to cut. Yeah. A me boy changeling. I am the last pirate. Um, nope, I'm not actually cutting the changeling. Uh, just because it... There's enough tribal stuff going on. I think it's cute enough to stay oh, in because sure. you know it can do some pirate stuff but then you could also make your commander a vampire if there's a vampire thing ah, out there or a sliver. Right. I, okay. I, I, it's it's fringe enough i think and it can stay okay. um but when you are talking about your top end technically it's only a three on your curve but its true value is at its seven and i don't think it's very good for seven so trove tracker is a card that i want to cut yeah two colorless blue creature human pirate common it's a two two when it dies draw a card and then you can encore it for five colorless blue blue so for cyclonic rift <laughs> mana you exile it from your graveyard and create a token copy for each of your opponents so then you're swinging two twos with haste and then they die and you draw three cards yeah. for seven mana that's not yeah good. it's kind of it's pretty stinky um i think if it was enter the battlefield we have an argument but it ain't so i'm i'm yeah and it's at two pennies which is very apropos for yes agree nice uh, use and there is flavor text uh, here we go. We got Nicol Bolas, the pompous British guy, talking through you this one. The best treasures are the least shared. Nice. It was very like I'm like scolding. I kind of. It sounds like, like uh, Professor. Name. Who's the 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 Butler from Batman? The Batman Begins series. Oh no, that was not. That was not. That was oh, not. No, that was a pain. Like, that was a patch. You didn't shed a little tear out by the tree when he died. Died. Right? That was patch. That was Patrick Stewart as a Xavier scolding the student, which fits the bill very nicely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, talked about why I don't like it. It's yeah, it's just way overcosted. But I have an idea that's way better, and I really like this card. So uh, you need ways to make your creatures unblockable. Yes. But you also still want to draw cards because I mean, that is a nice effect of this card. Yes. So open into wonder, I think would be an amazing card for this. So X blue, blue, oh. it's a sorcery uncommon for 14 or 18 cents from Amonkhet. And it basically does this. X target creatures can't be blocked this turn. Until end of turn, those creatures gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Yeah, that's really good. I think good. that is yeah. phenomenal. And especially with how much treasure creation I have seen throughout this deck, I could see you easily being able to put five into this, drawing five cards, maybe even killing an opponent, and still having some mana left over to maybe cast one of the things that you drew. So I, I agree completely, and I think the reason why this works so well, to your point, is like, this isn't a deck where I'm going to have 100 pirates 
or I'm not even going to go out on a limb here, 10 pirates. New challenge I might have like 100 pirate dick. 100 pirates on the board. I might have five, six, that sort of thing, right? So even then yeah. with the treasures that I have here, paying seven mana for all your creatures are unblockable and draw you cards is what that card that yeah. you're replacing this with did, but effectively way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely agree. Um, and, you know, it, it did increase your budget by nine times, but I think you can go from two pennies Wait, to- Oh my God, <laughs> nine, nine, nine. Nine, 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 nine times. Nine, nine, nine. And by the way, guys, we're at the end of the episode. Uh, and yes, this was a record fast episode. Good God. And here are those details about the giveaway from Wait, our sponsor. I joined late. What's the record? I, I so, want to know. What's the timestamp? We're at an hour wow, 24 right now. Go. Yeah, we were, we were on a rampage with with bits, with accents, and with the wheel. So you're just telling me Squeed needs to f*** off and then it'll be a short episode? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, Tuck said it. Uh, and so we're doing these hints each week for the giveaway. So it is gonna be a commander deck from C21 and a CMD Tower playmat and 100 pack of sleeves. The first hint, one of the colors and the color identity is part of the Grixis color pie. And you know, it's funny. I don't think that helps anyone any way, no, shape, or form. it doesn't. Because they all have a color. That's part of the Grixis color pie. Nice. <laughs> Nailed it. Wow. Uh, to enter, it's super simple, guys. Just promote the content we put out. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, plus being a part of our patron community. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News on June 1st, and yes, we will remember this time, uh, and social media soon after. And yes, these giveaways will happen every month. Just support Level 1 and CMD Tower. We would love a five-star review uh, for you guys to hit that uh, subscribe button, the follow button, whatever button that makes our content pop up whenever it comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, you know, and if you enjoyed it, leave some positive feedback or even some constructive criticism on how we can improve, whether it's the content, the audio, the video, the bits, the voices, uh, or if you just want us to uh, STFU and uh, shut down completely. If you'd like to get a hold of us so you can share that colorful commentary, uh, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, are you are you on it? And is it purely for bathroom time? Okay. Or have we migrated to even bed access? So I don't have my phone in my bed, strictly, strictly off limits. However, I have started accessing it so much just to keep up and comment and whatnot that to this tonight, after this thing, this I tonight. will be bringing at Big Tuck tweeting live on my phone with notifications. Oh no. Whoa. What a blowout. So come to the dark side. What a blowout. All right. Well, you guys can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Also, uh, the deck list and article series will be online at cmdtower.com slash bnbe90. Basically, just type in curiosity and merchant raiders desert of the fervent tower.com. Squee McGee, uh, earlier you were getting uh, attacked by pirates out on oh the coast. My. It seems that you have made it into port safely. How could people get a hold of yourself, I matey? Well, it's unfortunate that the wizard Harry's didn't protect me from the pirates of the coast because the wizard Harry's of the coast should probably handle that. But I guess since I've been attacked by said pirates, uh, our mateys, you can reach me at dear Squee, our matey. CMDTower.com.
you can do uh, full audio stuff. And now that everything's opening up and vaccines are out, if you guys want him to work on an in-person session or even remote stuff, be sure to email him and he can definitely hook you up. Um, and if you would actually like to hook up our sponsor, the orders you're already placing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type out CMD Towers that you came from the collective. Uh, and of course, outside of their own storefront, they do have their TCG store. It's a super accurate, great prices, great people. And like I said, they're the ones that do those monthly giveaways. So continue to support them so that way they can support you. You could actually help us out financially, though, to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, uh, with the four different tiers and now us nominating whatever we have, new voices, a new patron each week uh, to get credit for the, the new voices, uh, to, uh, to Discord access, to getting your own playmat, sleeves, squee coin, Ooh, all squee of the coin, stuff. Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. we put that money into better audio equipment, hopefully getting gameplay at some point in the future, uh, improving the video side of things. It really goes back into this so we can continue to make some grade A content. And hey, Pink Royal, thanks for the music provided. And T-Coats, our awesome <laughs> video editor, hit him up at T-Coats with your own video editing projects. So Big Tuck, Breaches and Malcolm, DFPC, bruh. How do we feel? I'd be feeling like the seven C's have finally be showing me the way to me plunder. Uh, I think you got an I acting be, career in this pirate stuff. That's not bad. I, I still be thinking that this deck be fun to play. However, with the guidance, me so me, me old matey, me salty dog, that it might be trimming the crew a little bit to build up a little bit of a stronger membership on the old on the old man of war. Good God. Um, yeah, you, you, you definitely need to uh, migrate from being a planet fitness that accepts everyone to like these like, you know, in uh, Mission Hills Country Club where they kick out 90% of the people. Hey, That's hey, really look, what you need to do. Only story, let in the good story. pirates. I worked at planet fitness. They do not accept everyone. They actually kick out the people that like to work out a lot. Just a thought. Just a thought. Oh my God. So uh, I definitely think this needs to become a more exclusive club, but I will... I have not been big on the pirate theme. I will say going through the deck, it does seem kind of fun. It is. Uh, so definitely the next time I see you, I may have to borrow this deck to play it, our matey. We be seeing you on, we be seeing you on the best coast or what do they call it, the new coast out there in, in the flatland, in the grass sea. <laughs> Aye, matey, bye-bye.